everyone, and welcome to a brand of sort of the wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Wednesday to you all. Yes, Wednesday, a rare Wednesday edition of the wrap right here to get you through the week as we get ready for Elimination Chamber going down in Perth, Australia on Saturday at 5 a.m. Eastern, too specific on Peacock. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, back from vacation, he is my co captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner. I bring to you back on the wrap after nearly two weeks salty scott young welcome back salty thank you for having me keela as always it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things wwe i've been sun kissed by the dominican sun and i'm back <laughs> literally salty with that with that sea salt all in my veins and i'm ready to talk all about wwe and and how we've we've taken it back to 1998 we have thrown it back really to the year of 1998, which we'll get to momentarily. But I do want to shout out um, Power Bombshells for a moment because they have been on WWE's Next recently with the Janelle Grant lawsuit. We said our piece during the Royal Rumble. And of course, more news has come out. So thanks to Mel and Sam for really tackling this story. We talked about it a bit on the wrap after the Warrior Rumble, and my stance remains the same. It'll be my weekly mission statement to anybody that was covering up anything anything that was happening behind the scenes dating back from two years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If you are complicit in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you need to be out of the company, point blank, period. It's like a rotting fish that has been festering for decades. And if anybody has been involved in the cover-up, Please remove yourself as soon as possible because the truth will come out. And we've seen some damning interviews recently on TV that is really amplifying the really seedy side of WWE. But I think it's a long overdue that we finally get the bad apples out of there and really cut all of the dead roots from this tree that has been poisoned over the decades, Scott. Yeah, it's going to uh, it's going to take a real deep cleansing. Um, as far as like, you know, you're going to have to, you have to pour it in, you have to hold the holes and, and just, and just shake it up, get it all, get all that dirt out. Then put some hot water in there, get it all out. You got to clean the entire thing out from, from the inside out. And and that's the only thing it's going to, that's the only thing that's going to, uh, give people kind of a sense of, all right, maybe we are doing something different. Maybe this is a different regime and not just, Let's sweep it under and get back to business. You know, let's sweep it under and 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 act like it doesn't happen. Instead, if we if we if we're clearing everything out from the bottom and starting fresh, uh, whoever needs to be gone, gone. Then it, it it that sends more of a message than anything you could say as far as them showing, hey, we're serious about this. We'll bring in a whole new team if we have to. And I think that's the biggest point of all. I mean, there are name names that we have looked to for a very long time. But if you knew about stuff, you covered stuff up on the side and you were aware of stuff and you refused to even bring that information forward, I can't say that you should stay. That's basically putting a Band-Aid on the situation and I'm making it any better. And I don't want any more cover-ups. I don't want any more dodging of questions. If you can't confront what you know or what you've done or what you didn't do when you had the chance to do something about it, then please, as exit stage left, I don't have sympathy for people that were 
literally complicit in stuff regarding the sexual assault allegations, the rape allegations, the sex trafficking allegations. It's very serious, ugly stuff that has been going on in WWE for a very long time. And it's a grime business in that respect. But as you said, let's do a deep cleanse. Let's throw some holy water on that tree as well. If, if need be, burn it down and rebuild from the roots up at this point, because I do not want any reminder of what was there before. I want a fresh start with fresh voices that are not going to be enabling this behavior moving forward. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the key word. It's uh, it's making sure that we don't have people enablers and, and watchers, and and you know we have people who will speak up. You know, they're there who will be like, "Hey, I don't like what I'm seeing. Not a fan of it. Here's what's going to happen." And there should be protocols in place and stuff like that, and people should know exactly what you see something, you hear something, you say something, and and it should feel normal. And and feel okay to be like, all right, here's how I feel, and and that's that's what that's what the end goal and what you want in the entire situation is to make the workplace feel safe and comfortable in a place in a way where something goes wrong. All right, I'm gonna say something, no hesitation. Um, it's gonna take a long time to get there, but you just have to do the little things to take those steps. And uh, I think just eradicating the entire thing from the inside out is the only way to do it. Yes, having that open dialogue and not being afraid to speak up as you see something that's wrong, by all means, don't be afraid to say something. And for those in power, don't be afraid to do something above all else, because that is ultimately your responsibility to foster a safe working environment. If someone's in violation of that, take action. Don't sit on it and don't spin it when it's time to really confront what's going on. I think that's been a problem with this company for a very long time. If you do say something, you could be threatened. You could be scared into not saying anything further. And I think those days need to be over. If you notice that something's off, there needs to be a safe space to say that. And there needs to be people that are in charge that are going to take these complaints seriously and actually do something about it. So that is my hope with TKO Endeavor that they are trying their best to handle this, but don't put a bandaid on it. Actually confront it head on. If you got to make some tough decisions that you think that needs to be made to ensure the future and longevity of this company in terms of health and safety, then that's what you need to do. I'm not in the game of let's keep people because they know what they're doing. No, if they, if they've done something wrong and they have not taken accountability for that, then they got to go plain and simple. I do not care about your resume. I don't care about your tenure. I don't care how good the show is right now. Cause I can assure you somebody competent that knows a lot about professional wrestling can get in there, take your place and they can do a good job and nothing will fall apart. Vince being gone, nothing has really changed in terms of this company falling apart business-wise. But if there needs to be more cleaning of the house, so be it. And that will lead to actually this industry moving forward and not backwards for the first time in, what, 100 plus years? Because this is a grimy, seedy business. The underbelly is very ugly. And we see that in the stories that we see with Ashley Mazzaro, we have the rough story coming out once again. And for newer fans that don't know those stories, they are disturbing. And I think that's something that needs to be said at the forefront while we have the chance to do so with the media for a change, paying attention. And, and they're just not doing this for the clicks and for the what's the word I want to use just for the sensationalism of it all. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the story is definitely getting out. Names are being dropped, and uh, the the time is time is what's going to essentially uh, bring out all the names and, and bring to light the ones who need to be uh, taken to the woodshed. Yes, absolutely. So just want to touch on that ever so briefly, but shout out the Power Bomb Show. So we've been doing some great work recently on YouTube every Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our Fight Game Media Network page. It's a great resource. Shout out to Mel and Sam for doing incredible work recently, just getting the word out and making sure that their voices are heard in that way as well. As I want to lighten the mood a bit, starting the show a little bit heavy because I saw Scott's tweet over the weekend where he was vacationing in the Dominican Republic, getting that tan and getting sun kissed and having that sea salt, you know, that salt water, you know, that vibe, that very luxurious vacation Island vibe. But I noticed that he talked about the slam dunk contest being some of the worst he's ever seen. I, um, Unfortunately, I, I I had I watched that on the flight home. I uh, thought it was going to help me pass the time. I uh, you know had 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 a nice little shot of my Moana, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, figure you know I watched put, put the slam dunk contest on the the shootout was great. Uh, I even have to compliment Steph versus Sabrina. That was fantastic. I thought she could she probably should have just been in the men's competition and won that. She probably should. She probably would have won that, but that's a whole other subject. Um, but yeah, then then there was a dunk contest. Don't even get me started with that. Shout out to Matt McClung, who's got crazy bunnies, but nobody cares. Nobody cares about the dunk contest. Um, and 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 then I and then I wake up this morning as of recording this, and I see that it's apparently LeBron's fault. So, you know, I um, ah! I. I I, I'm I'm just kind of like you know I'm just figuring things out. I feel like stuff is just I don't know what happened. Well, I was you know away for the two weeks, but I didn't came back and stuff that went crazy. So I'm just trying to figure it all out, trying to get back into the groove of things. Well, I think that LeBron is getting blamed because he's never done a dunk contest, and if he did, the dunk contest might be in a better place today. So he catches he catches that stray every year, unfortunately. But yeah, I saw the dunk contest live on TNT Saturday night. Um congrats to Mac Daddy, but the contest itself was weak. We had like this really old Snoop Dogg look look alike trying to judge dunks. That was something. Underscored my guy first dunk, but the most egregious dunker was Jalen Brown. I'm sorry. Like, what was that? Oh, I can tell you what it was. That's something I could have did. Me. <laughs> like, like no, no bull. I I could jump over Kai. I could jump over that guy. Let me tell you that. Sit down? Come on. I, what? Man. Lord, I I could jump over that guy and lay the ball up. Might even be able to smack the glass on it. This dude had the nerve to do that in the dunk contest. <laughs> the highest paid player in the NBA decided to jump over Kai on a chair after he saw somebody pull Shaq out for the first dunk. I'm, <laughs> what? What are we doing? Like, so there's that. It was just so bad. And he got a good score. Like, how did that happen? Should have been but fours yeah. across the board. Fours across the board. Average score, 20. 
honestly. That's how bad it was. Just mm, a very disappointing dunk contest. Give me Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon from eight years ago. I'll take that over what we got via this contest here. Then we had the game itself on Sunday. I watched it on mute because I was doing something else, but terrible. There's nothing they can do to pretty much save this game because there's no defense. They don't want to get hurt with 30 games to go. And I was just offended by the play I saw, honestly. Yeah, I didn't see the game. Just saw some bits and pieces of it. Um, But uh, didn't miss nothing, apparently. Don't even remember any highlights that I thoroughly enjoyed. So there's that. I saw LeBron try to throw it off the glass. He threw it. Um, Yeah, the game happened. It existed. That's all I got to say about that as you rev up. (laughs) The second half, well, the second half of the NBA season starts, you know, towards the end of this week. And hopefully it'll be good for the Lakers and the Warriors as they try to get into a good position out of the playing spots, try to get in that top six, very possible if they string together some good wins towards the end of the season. But I do have one announcement, Scott. I do have a Cheddar Biscuits alert for unlimited supplies from the NBA All-Star game. Can't wait to see who this guy is. All right. Okay. Actually, guess who it could possibly be. You get three shots. Is it a... All right. Um... From the All Star Game, Zach Levine. No, um, he's a player. He's an NBA player. He's an NBA player. Yes. Unlimited. This is ridiculous. Let's go with um. <laughs> let's go with out the the center from the Houston Rockets. No. Mm, is he an All Star? Yes. Ooh, okay. Let's do definitely not Jalen Brown, so he's out. Um, let's go with uh, let's do Dame time. It's not Dame, and I love Dame, but Dame is not getting unlimited biscuits. Who's getting who's getting unlimited biscuits? Who's getting Ludwig type love? <laughs> Ludwig type love goes to Tyrese Halliburton. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. All right. All right. That's fine. I'm not giving him any. <laughs> he can't rude. eat at my he can't eat at my table. I don't get it, but that's fine. Yes, yes, wrestling fan, talented, huge wrestling fan. Yes, sure. huge wrestling fan. Shoots the three very nicely. Love him. So yes, unlimited cheddar biscuits for Tyrese right. Halliburton. I, I also appreciate him telling Shaq. You know, asking Shaq. So I'm the best passer in the league, but you don't want me to pass the ball. Am I? <laughs> Uh, am I understanding what you got going on or what, bro? Like, if you watch the games, Shaq's like, don't pass the ball. So I lead the league in assists, but you don't want me to do that, right? All right, got it. The logic check of it all, I tell you. Shaq just sometimes just speaks for speaking purposes. That was a bad night for the TNT crew, especially Kenny, my God, talking about Sabrina should have shot from the WNBA line, even though she oh, shot from the NBA my. line and tied the four people in the in the three-point contest. Right, right. And then he was like, well, she's using her ball. I, if anything, that if anything, her using her ball from back there shooting from I mean, that, that's even more impressive to me. Yes. So like 
I thought I thought it turned out great. I thought you couldn't have asked for it to be any better. She shot it. She scored twenty six. She scored literally just as many as the men's competition. Yes. So it was it was perfect. It would have been like a five way tiebreaker, and she probably would have knocked somebody out. Oh, she would have made it to the finals. Absolutely, one hundred. I don't know if she would have won because I Dame time is Dame time. That's that's a real thing, but. She would have absolutely made it to the finals. No question. I would have definitely put money on her to make it to the finals. Yeah, I think she would have knocked out Kat. For real. For real talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kat's gone. Kat's yeah. gone. Yeah. Trey had a good shooting night for the contest, so he would have made it. But, yeah, I think Kat would have been like, peace out. For real. Yeah, and I'm, not, and I'm not betting against Dame. Yeah, Dame was special. Even though those last shots, he made like, boy, why why they rattling all of a sudden? I thought Trey had a shot, but nope. Made the last shot to win the thing two times over and that wraps up a long extended NBA discussion right here on the wrap to make up for lost time over the past couple of weeks but now let's get to some WWE topics shall we as we dive into Smackdown from this past Friday in Salt Lake City Utah it was a sold out house at the Delta Center and the top story is The Rock going way back in his Versace bag, literally, to lean into this hill turn by way of the press conference from a couple of weeks ago when he had to pivot, when he realized these fans are not going to really warm up to the possibility of me and Roman main eventing WrestleMania. They want Cody Rhodes, so they're going to get Cody, and in return, they're going to get the heel rock from 1998, early 1999. He comes out there rocking a Versace vest, in the year 2024 as Roman Reigns set the stage for what was quite the segment. I have to say that The Rock, he was great as a heel, called this crowd the greatest collection of trailer park trash he's ever seen, called out the 50 wives in Salt Lake City, Utah, called somebody fatty, just, you know, the one of the male old school jokes that sometimes hit or miss. But what I found very interesting is that what he was saying and who he was saying the message to. And I have seen some tweets over the past few days that say this could be quite the meta storyline heading into WrestleMania because when he called Cody and his fans crybaby bitches, he didn't directly look at the people. He looked at the bloodline. And he talked about how Cody Rose's story ends at WrestleMania, but the bloodline story begins. And he talked about Cody's fans being entitled losers. And then again, he kind of looks at the bloodline and I don't think Roman's catching on the subliminals. And then he talks about, can you smell what the bloodline is cooking? And then as everyone correctly points up the ones rock points up the one with an L like a loser. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this was deliberate in terms of how he was acting, but fans are picking up cues as to what is really going on. And going back to what Cody said to Roman before before The Rock came out for the WrestleMania challenge a few weeks ago, that he intended to take everything away from Roman. And that is including his family, the bloodline. And that could be the case at WrestleMania, even though The Rock declares he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that Cody doesn't walk out champion. But I am getting big swerve possibilities heading into WrestleMania 40. A lot to unpack there. Um, as far as the L 
was the rock. His finger just cramped up, couldn't get the thumb to close. <laughs> so he just rolled with it. Um, you know, he, he, you can see it in his face. He's looking like, ah, just leave it. Um, but he couldn't get the thumb to close. So that's why I got stuck there. I've seen a lot of that too. I, you know, they, they are, they are pretty good at dropping a little breadcrumbs, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm giving rock that good of credit. You know, never seen him be that good of an actor. Not a bad actor, but never seen him be that good of an actor to be dropping little clues like that. Um, you know, he stole the uh, the jacket straight out of a uh, poison video, but that's okay. Uh, early '90s, if we're gonna go be honest <laughs> with you, and uh, but that's that's cool. And, and Romans look at him like, yeah, look at my cool uncle. Look at him living in his moment. Look at him, enjoying the moment. When one too many brewskis, one too many mama wanas, but he's living in the moment. That's 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 what it felt like. But if the rock was great, the crowd ate it up. It was fantastic. Uh, look forward to the implosion and the smack. I mean, what, what more could you ask for uh, out of a seven? You got the rock on SmackDown. Who would have asked? Who would have expected that a couple months ago? Happening frequently. Like this is his third appearance on a WWE program in about a month. And it's weird in 2024 that he's got the time to do this now is very interesting. I'm sure he did not expect the reaction he got in Las Vegas saying, oh, y'all really don't want this match. Like, no, dude, like, listen, WrestleMania was going to be just fine without you. But we appreciate the addition, but it's got to be the right way. And I do appreciate the fact that he was self that he was self-aware enough to pivot when he needed to. That he said, OK, let me be the bad guy. I'm going to take you guys on a ride. And yes, I think a lot of this is a lot of conjecture could be a lot of what ifs here heading into what could happen during that main event of WrestleMania. But that possibility is definitely there in the rock and say it was always in the cards. We always had this planned out from day one. Absolutely not. Because it's giving half a stance with Daniel Bryan way back at WrestleMania 30. 10 years ago, which was the very happy accident that got him into the main event and ultimately becoming the world heavyweight champion two times over being double belted. But I enjoyed the segment when I saw him come out there with that Versace vest from 1997. I was like, oh, we are going way back in time. Like we remember the design of Versace shirts. Okay. Those were a rock signature for some of his run in WWE until he became a babyface back in 99. But that really tells me he was leaning in into being this bougie, cocky heel, got the chain. All he was missing was the fanny pack and the curl. The hair ain't going to grow back. But he was given late 90s heel rock, being pompous. But all I need, honestly speaking, is the Hollywood fame music. And if he brings that to me, I will be very happy because the rock theme music is all right, but I need Hollywood rock. I need that theme to really set the tone for what he's going to be giving out to us in the weeks to come heading into WrestleMania. It is going to be very curious to see what the role is. You know, the little trailer that they put out, which I thought was uh, really well done. I thought that was actually really cool, very different. Love all the different things that they've been trying and doing. Some of them don't work, but they're trying a lot of different things with video packages, camera angles, and stuff like that. It's amazing what happens when certain people leave and you can just try things and just do cool things. Because that little movie trailer type thing with The Rock and them face-to-face with Seth and Cody, that was really cool. I'm just curious to go 
to know what the end goal is. Because to me, I, I, give me that tag match. Like that got me hyped for a tag match between those four somehow, some way. And I know we still have whoever wins the chamber, more likely Drew, going after Seth Rollins. Like I, I just I love the uncertainty of what's going to happen with The Rock when we know he's playing a big role in some way, shape, or form. Definitely. And I love the tag team match idea. Um, I saw the press conference a couple of weeks ago. I did like a little recap right before we dialed into the episode we recorded the day before. But I was like, I want to see this tag team match. I didn't know that Seth would step up for Cody like that. It was very interesting. And I have to say, like, looking back on it, Cody cooked The Rock and Roman in that segment saying, y'all been at the table, y'all ain't cooked nothing in a couple of years. So what are y'all trying to say? It's like, it was hilarious. We we had The Rock practically do a PowerPoint presentation of his family tree, which is insanely massive but i thought it was a good tease for what's to come love the trailer as well and as you said it's amazing what happens you get rid of an old guy that's been antiquated for 20 years in terms of production and we get outside shots of the arena drone shots inside the building we get these really fancy camera angles we get like timers on the big screen for the warrior rumble we got like the scores for 2k24 for the talent we got pat mcafee and the telestrator back and we have the people walking backstage with the time of their arrival very nba nfl-esque in terms of the espn presentation of it all lee fitting has been a good fit for wwe I will still drag him for that Emmy scandal by submitting fake names for producers to get extra awards. Don't try that in WWE. But the man has done a very good job in terms of producing these shows as of late. Love the graphics between matches as well. Very sports oriented, very professional, which has been sorely needed in WWE over the past 15 years or so. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to make sure I mention it before I forget about it, but I love the, especially now with 2K getting ready to come out, how they have their their ratings. You know, it's just a little thing like that. For There are going to be gamers who are watching. They're going to be like, oh, look at their ratings right there of each of the rest, like Gunther and Jay when they had their match. It had their 2K rating. Like the little things like that I think are just cool to put out there and just put as much as you can out there that for somebody else to connect to like, oh, yeah. They got 2K coming out. so Very clever promotion aspect to it as well. And sometimes you wonder when they put the matches together, oh, okay, so how it's going to go? Should the person with the higher rating win the match? Very curious there. But love that little touch as well recently. As we get to the rest of SmackDown, we had a couple of qualifying matches for the men's elimination chamber match. It was Kevin Owens versus Dominic Mysterio. It was a fun match, but... Um, Kevin Owens, my dear, I never, ever, 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 ever want you doing the three amigos again. You cannot swivel your hips to save your life. But good match, nonetheless, earned a spot in the chamber by beating Dom Dom when it counted most. But those hip swivels, non-existent with all due respect. Well, uh... I guess Shakira's never seen Kevin Owens because I, you know, <laughs> song said hips don't lie, but somebody's told him a lie. Um, listen, <laughs> we had two of the worst hips in re- professional wrestling going at it with the with this three amigos as far as who was going to have the worst turn of the hips, and it looks like KO won that one. So shout out to him. 
I think the chamber match is pretty stacked. I, I like everybody in it. Everybody has a logical reason as to why they should be going after Seth Rollins, as to why they have a shot at Seth Rollins, why it's their time for the, their momentum, their spot, why they've earned it this year. Like everybody has a reason to be in that match. So I appreciate that. I also appreciate the fact that Dominic Mysterio is getting more and more comfortable and getting more and more in singles matches as far as on his own, as far as being able to hold his own with a former world champion like Kevin Owens with less and less help from the outside. Like, I think that's more important that as he grows as a singles wrestler uh, in storyline, you know, that you can see he doesn't need as much help because he's becoming better as well. So I, I like the little touch there is also. Yes, less interactions with Rhea Ripley as well. I've noticed that as well. And that might be a sign of Rhea possibly going face in the future and you can't associate yourself with a heel magnet like Dominic Mysterio, which makes total sense. It was really impressive in this match. His hip swivels were better than KO. That's not saying a lot, but he popped those hips better than KO did during that spot. But really good match. And he is using less help from the Judgment Day, which is nice to see as well. And another match that I'm sure you're going to be raving about is Logan Paul versus The Miz. This was Logan Paul's first match on broadcast television. It was not a PLE match. It was straight up on Fox. And it was good because we've seen these guys have a really good match at SummerSlam nearly two years ago. That was one of Logan Paul's best in WWE. And yes, The Miz had a four and a quarter star match with Logan Paul. I was remarkably impressed at SummerSlam. This was more of three and a half year, but still really good. Both guys were great together. And Logan Paul won clean mostly to also advance to the Elimination Chamber match. I expect this guy to do something absolutely batshit crazy off a pod. He's going to be ridiculous in this match, and I cannot wait. Um, I, I'm going with the um, let's see. I'm going with a shooting star off the top of the pod onto a pile. Um, I think at the least that's what he does. At the least, maybe a moonsault. He's doing something off the top of the pod. Maybe just maybe just a frog splash. Maybe he suplexes something. Maybe he gets suplexed off the pod. He's getting something. Somehow he's going to be on top of the pod. He's coming off the pod. It's just a matter of how he's landing, what what number of flips he's going to do. Um, Logan Paul's a maniac. Going in a U.S. champion. Uh, this would be a good way to set up his challenger. There's a lot of people. Kevin Owens still has a, a you know, a, very reasonable chance to do that to pin Logan Paul. LA Knight's in the match for a reason. Um, I, I fully expect him to get behind them for some uh, as well. Sami Zayn's been talking about being a champion. And who better for an underdog like Sami Zayn, who's been on a little bit of a losing streak, than, you know, Logan Paul? But there's no setup there in this match. But Logan Paul just being in this match is, is very intriguing because he doesn't have to do this stuff. And it just goes to show that he he enjoys it. And I, I am looking forward to him. Also, he's going to get thrown through a pot also. Yes. Probably by <laughs> yes. Drew. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Logan Paul and Drew McIntyre having interactions. I, I might salivate at that. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be good. Drew is going to kill him on pray for Logan right now. Drew's in like in a different area code. 
And I love that for him. So prayers up to Logan Paul. You're going to get thrown through a pod. You're going to get claymored. You're going to get your ass kicked, but you would do something crazy at the exact same time as well. So that should be like a really good match. And as you mentioned, Scott, with Sami Zayn, let's not forget during the pandemic era, who did Sami Zayn bring into WWE for WrestleMania back in 2021? Logan Paul. And at the time, WWE was tone deaf thinking this guy was going to be a babyface. Yeah, he, he he was for, you know, to him. But <laughs> as far as everybody else, he's, you know, and, and he's been fantastic. So that there's an easy story to tell there. You know, obviously it, w- it won't connect back to this match as far as Sammy goes. But, you know, Sammy needs a direction. Logan Paul needs a direction. And you can obviously do a multi-man match. Logan versus KO versus Sammy Zayn. You could do something like that. That has a lot of storylines and intertwining stories you could tell as well so um i i think the chamber the chamber matches themselves the men's and women's they have a lot of stories and a lot of intriguing options and they could just blow the whole thing up. like i think it's baffling bronson reed's not in this match but you know we'll, we'll see what they do with there but i am intrigued by the by the chamber match yes and i love bobby we love bobby on this show we love roberto but Bronson Reed is from Australia, and I think he has way more upward, way more upward mobility than Bobby Lashley at this point in his career. With all due respect, Bob, but choices regarding that qualifying match a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw that saw Bobby Lashley get in this spot, he'll take the pin, whatever. But yeah, I'm very. Very disappointed that Bronson is not going to be in this match. He would have had he would have had like a nice breakthrough performance, but I guess it's not meant to be. But one more note I want to make in terms of fantasy Logan Paul matchups in the chamber. How can we forget Randy Orton and Logan Paul interacting in a match? Now that would be a great WrestleMania match. That's a that's a good match for both of them. Neither of them have a clear direction. I and it's. I I wouldn't mind Randy Orton, RKO, and Logan Paul out of nowhere coming off a dive. You know, <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think Randy Orton ends Drew McIntyre's dream somehow and sends him home. And I think that's Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania path. Ooh, mm. It can go either way, and I'm here for it. All those combinations sound good, and they've all been good matches in the past and fresh prospects as well. So the men's chamber could be a low key sleeper. As for the women, we had a qualifying match. Two of them. In fact, we had Tiffany Stratton versus Elena Vega and Tiffany's been on the main roster for a couple of weeks now. And you're starting to see that the NXT polishing is not quite translating yet to the main roster. And that's not a bad thing because this is what I wanted. I think this will be both wanted for quite some time. She's going to have to learn not to work so rehearsed in practice. You got to get on the road, put matches together within hours and stop being in this routine of practicing every move. She will get the hang of it in time. I think some of it might be a bit of nerves. It could be a little bit overwhelming, but she will find her footing and figure it out because that prettiest moonsault ever has not been so pretty the two times she hit it on Meechin and Zelina Vega this past Friday on SmackDown. But she's still qualified for the Women's Elimination Chamber match this Saturday in Perth, Australia. The winner faces the winner of Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax for the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm still fully on board the Tiffy train. And uh, I think it's what you said. You need to it just... 
just stuff happens, you know, and, and sometimes it's just off for right now. But I, I fully expect her to have a great showing during the Elimination Chamber. I think she's going to have two or three eliminations. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a big time elimination on somebody. Like I, we'll get to our predictions later, but I, I think she's going to eliminate a former world champion in this match um, somehow, some way. There's a couple in there, and I definitely think she eliminates a former world champion. But I, I'm fully on board with her. I think she still has a great grasp of her character. She's, to me, she's still tremendous in the ring. And yeah, uh, the 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 prettiest moonsault ever. The PMEs have not been hitting like they were in NXT, but I think they're going to start coming around. I do. I attribute a lot of that to just getting used to the nerve. It's just, you know, it's a different environment. That that arena feel is much different than that that PC feel, you know? So it's a very different vibe out there. Yes, playing to thousands versus hundreds at the PC. And I think we might be on the same wavelength as to which former women's champion she could be beating inside the elimination chamber that could set up a WrestleMania match. And I think that could be a show stealer if they have the time and if Tiff can get through the nerves of it all. It could be special. We'll get into that later. The other qualifying match was Naomi versus Alba Fire taking the place of Shotzi, who was injured on NXT. Unfortunately, she suffered a torn ACL injury against Lia Vicaria during their NXT Women's Championship match that I saw last night on USA. It was a freak accident, man. She did like a DDT off the apron to Lyra and she landed really bad on her knee like it was a freak accident and now she's out for nine months so prayers up to Shotzi for a speedy recovery but Naomi Naomi's got new theme music which I like and the match with Alba was fine Alba was not cooperative towards the end when Naomi tried to hit the um her finisher followed by the submission for the tap out victory but hey unfamiliar dance partners stuff happens but good win for Naomi nonetheless and she will probably ball out in this chamber match as well yeah, Alba Fire tried to use her witchcraft against that black magic, and you saw <laughs> yes, what happened. Yes, yes. <laughs> he tried, he tried, <laughs> hey, you guess what happens when you try to go up against that black magic? Guy? Hey, we will be playing over there. Naomi said, nah, nah, that, that cover stuff ain't working over here, honey. Let me go ahead and let you know. Black magic, Nightwalker, let me let you know, all right? <laughs> That's what that was. I like, honest to God, I saw the sorcery like, Alba, what are you doing? And Naomi says, no, we're not going to be doing that here. Get your ass over here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we ain't doing none of them little games. I, I was in, t- you know where I just came from? I left that stuff. Okay. <laughs> I left that stuff. Oh, oh my God. I'm crying. I can, I can make a call for you because I got a perfect spot over there and they would love to have you. <laughs> An album would be great over there. But she let me would. tell you, she would. She would be great over there. That's not a knock either. Yeah. But Naomi's like, look, I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> well, at least Isla Dawn understood the assignment of how to sell. But Alba, girl, you tried it towards the finish. But that's okay. We forgive you. It's all right. But don't you ever test black magic again. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just letting you know, don't try that. And it kind of goes back to, I cannot believe I'm about to make a total divas flashback reference. But it does go back to Naomi, like not wanting to fuck with any voodoo in New Orleans. Like, nope. Real talk. 
Naomi was like, nah, we ain't, we ain't doing none of that. I don't, I'll sit in the car. Because look, when, when stuff go wrong, I'm not going to be there. We gone. <laughs> she was adamant. Like Paige said, let's go. Like, nope, I am not doing any of that. I'll be in the car. I will see you guys back at the hotel. I'm good. I'm just saying, man. And look, I, I ain't mad at her, man. I, I ain't mad. I don't, you don't play with the voodoo stuff, man. You know, because once it gets you, it got you. Yes. It would not let you go. So she meant business on that. But since we like to review theme songs around here, Scott, thoughts on Naomi's new theme song? I I like the old one better. But I, I mean, I just got to get used to it. But I had like I had to get used to Jimmy's, but. It's not quite a it's not a it's not an instant banger. It's not an instant hit. It'll grow on me. I had to like say what what's what happened to Fuel the Globe? But like okay, I'm gonna get used to it. It is catchy. Dance routine was hitting on Friday, gotta say. But yes, so good for Naomi. She got the match one and she's in the chamber, and that should be a really good match as well. As we get to Monday Night Raw, another sold out house from the Hana Center in Anaheim, California, and we kick things off with Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre. Great match. PLE quality. Both guys are in the pocket heading into WrestleMania season. Love the back and forth action. Love the near falls. I love the super Cody cutter to Drew for a very close near fall. And as Drew McIntyre was in position for the crossroads by Rhodes, we got interference that screamed WrestleMania 39 main event all over again that traumatized me Last year, we got Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso distracting Cody. Solo lands a Samoan spike to Cody behind the referee's back. And Drew McIntyre, the noted hypocrite who hates the bloodline, allegedly, for what they've done to him all those years ago, he accepts the help. He claymores Cody Rhodes to get the victory. And he tries to make excuses backstage as to why he took the help. Don't buy it, sir. You did what you did. You accepted the responsibility. Not. But really good match. And this was a great way to protect Cody. This was his first loss since last year's WrestleMania. And it made sense to play into what happened to him last year at the biggest show of the year when he did not finish his story. And we saw backstage when he's getting tended to by the medical team that... Seth Rollins looked at him and said, I told you last week that I am uniquely equipped to be your shield. Will you accept my help now against the bloodline? A cliffhanger, but still a good one to kick off Monday Night Raw with a wrestling match and not a 20 minute promo for the second week in a row. And uh, the the racing of Brock Lesnar has begun, and I think they've done a great job of it because the wording of everything was very key here. Uh, their first pinfall loss since Roman Reigns uh, because he got, he passed out to Brock Lesnar. And I think it's very important in how they word that because now when you talk about the two losses, the first thought you're going to have is Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. So very, very smart right there as we get rid of, like we talked about earlier in the show, as we, as we shake, you know, as we shake it and get it all out, hit that hot water and get all that bacteria out, as we get it out and erase it out, that's a great wording and a great way to do that. Um, I love the uh, I, I love the match the way you get this started, get the hot crowd. Drew McIntyre has been fantastic. Cody is one hundred percent 
kicking out of a solo Sokoa thumb to the thumb to the throat after two crossroads at WrestleMania 40. I don't know what happens after that, whether you know we still get Roman Reigns winning or whatnot, but we're getting a kick out and a recreation of last year's spot. That's for sure because they're giving us that very heavy handed. Uh, I look forward to Cody and Seth getting on the same page at the Elimination Chamber, which is probably going to end up beating Bronson Reed and backfiring because it's not going to work in the way they want to. But, um, yeah, uh, this is a great match. Good way to start it. And a good, a big-time win for Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. And that's big trust with him being the best he's ever been as a character. He's a great asshole. He carries it so well on TV and on social media. And he's priming himself for that eventual feud with CM Punk whenever Punk is clear to compete again sometime in the summer, I do believe. But yes, he's great. And I hope they give him the bag. It's deserved. This hill turn was a genius idea. It was a slow burn done to perfection. And his rationale as a heel totally makes sense. I love that for him. Clever, digging it. And I honestly, please let that man win a championship in front of humans at WrestleMania. Just do it. Why not? Well, you know, with everything they're doing and, and, and the setup and how the story is played out, if Drew if Drew McIntyre isn't the champion when CM Punk returns and that being the ultimate target and the ultimate, I'm back, here I come, I'm coming, You and you know exactly who I'm coming for and why, I, I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I don't I don't know what you're doing. If Drew McIntyre isn't an established champion by the time CM Punk makes his triumphant return and then has his goal set, I, I don't know what you're doing because everything is laid out perfectly for you to have this incredible return feud for CM Punk to put him right back where you were gonna have him anyway. So I, I think it's I think it's a it's a slam dunk. It's a guys to situation. Let that man get his victory. Him and Seth to have a great match at WrestleMania if he wins the chamber on Saturday, which I think he probably will. Let that man get coronated in front of humans and have him be the top champion on that show as we await CM Punk's return. That is the money feud right now. They had really good mic chemistry heading into the Warrior Rumble a month or so ago. So let's run it back. The grudge and the history is right there. This guy's wearing a Punk t-shirt celebrating his downfall. So let's go there belt him at Wrestlemania that's all we can ask for and I'm here for that as we get to our last chance battle royale for the women to get into the elimination chamber match and this match was won by a returning Raquel Rodriguez welcome back as she eliminated Chelsea Green last and Chelsea Green she's gonna find herself in a prime position I predict to possibly maybe Win Miss Money in the Bank this year. Oh man, I don't know if you give her that. That's a that's a lot. That's whew. but she would be a fun champion for a day. Um, <laughs> not a day, <laughs> not a day. I, you're right. She, she'll make it to. She might probably make it to Friday. So she'll be. <laughs> oh my god, not a five day champion. She, she ain't defending the belt. Let me put it that way. She ain't making no defenses. She may win the title. <laughs> she ain't making no defenses. All right, let me put it that way. Um, 
but yeah, no, Chelsea's, Chelsea's great. Uh, Raquel returning was cool. Again, um, shout out to Indy Hartwell. Uh, I guess her and Bronson will be front. I get bitches. They'll be front row though. Watching the show. Hey, we need you to come do some PR for us though. Can you do that? Um, all right. So that, yeah, I, you know, the battle Royal was all right. It was cool. Um, they showed that they have some good wrestlers that some people just really don't care about. Like nobody really cares about Zoe and Shayna, which is a shame because they're a good team and they're both good singles wrestlers, but there's no reaction really for them. Like Chelsea Green's a great character and she gets probably the best reaction out of arguably anybody in that, in that match. Yeah, definitely. When she snuck in, people wanted her to kind of win the whole thing, which is very surprising to me. But that speaks to character work. And I think that's a core issue with the women's mid-card scene on Monday Night Raw. There is a lack of buildup. And that's why you get these really cold reactions to a Shayna Baszler and a Zoe Stark and even someone that I love, like Candice LeRae, who's really talented, but she doesn't get a reaction either. And it's a, it's probably a combination of these terrible theme songs they have and the fact that this is such a weak undercard division that you don't have standalone feuds that stick out in a good way. You got Katana Chance, who's good. You got Caden Carter, who's good. But they're lukewarm. Their personas, honestly speaking, as ravers, suck. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what they do off the clock in WWE. Just let them be themselves. And if you give them characters that are more in line to who they are, then maybe fans will have a reason to care. Chelsea Green is camp. She's fun. And people gravitate towards that because they see the work she's done. She'll lose the majority for matches but she will grab your attention because her personality stands out in a good way we saw her work in the warrior rumble she was a crash test dummy for the majority of that match but that's why she stood out she puts in the character work and sometimes that is a you problem as as someone that needs to figure out what you need to do to stand out what can you do in terms of maximizing your minutes? Chelsea Green has done that. Maybe some ladies can take the hint as well, but it does come down to booking as well above everything else because that is why these reactions for some talent in this match were so cold. Yeah, and you can you can look at somebody like Maxine, who's probably the the worst wrestler of the bunch, mm-hmm. but more people care about what she's got going on. And you could hear the reaction, you know, when when she hit that pump kick on the outside to Chelsea Green. And the crowd was like, oh, they were with her when she got eliminated. There was a nice reaction for that. There was a huge reaction for that. Um, and, and you know, even with Katana and, and, and Kaden, with Casey and JoJo, even with those two, at least they're a tag team. So at least there's there's something I can I can correlate with them. You know, they're... They're the super athletic tag team. All right, at least you know when I see them in the ring, I'm like, all right, I know I'm gonna see something pretty cool because they they have become a very good team. Like they do good team, they have good teamwork. So at least there is something there. But I, I, one thing you did hit on that I is absolutely a huge problem in the women's division, and you can hear it. And that's why somebody like Selena Vega stands out because at least she has the LWO. She has that going for it. Natalia has legacy. Tegan Knox is with Natalia. So that's what she's got going on. The 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 theme music, some of some of the worst theme music I've ever heard. Just 
just bland, basic. You know, they, you know, like I remember back in the day, they had the little DJ kits and they would give you these, these basic beats that came with it. That's what those sound like. They sound like they saved those from the 1999 blank disc that they had. They found them in the back of the car and played those. And that's what they're using for these women's entrance. Cause it's, it's a shame. I can't tell you the difference from Tegan Knox to Zoe Starks. All I know is it's some heavy metal stuff that's just like, that's all I know. That's all I know about Zoe Stark's interest theme. So if you played it and I don't hear the, I, I don't know what's going on. If I don't hear that car starting up, if I don't hear that, that, that engine revving, I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Shane has got the, you know, whatever that is. So that's what I'm saying. Like Raquel's is cool. All I know about Raquel's is whenever I see a bat, that's what I know, Raquel. That's what I know, Raquel's there. I'll see somebody's back. That's how I knew she was back. Her back. Her back let me know she was back. I was like, uh-oh, Raquel's back. Somebody's back's in the camera for some reason. So, but I mean, like, that's, you got, and, and the, the worst part is, like, Zoe's excellent. Every time she gets a chance to show up, she shows out. So uh, we've seen what Shana can do with the right booking, especially down in NXT. Uh, Raquel, even with the right booking. Is, is is exactly how she should be a monster. You got Piper who's just there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. There's just a lot. There's a lot of issues with the women's division right now. And Piper- outside outside of the main, outside of like the the top, like you know, six, four, five, six women. There's nothing else in that mid card. Absolutely. And Piper Nevin is so good, and she's not being utilized well at all. It's it's disappointing, but. Oh my God. Um, you broke me. That hasn't happened in a while. Has not happened in quite some time. The Zoe Stark barking did it for me. And the Raquel, oh, there's her back. So she must be back. And that's the only reaction I got last night. At least she got a reaction, the welcome back reaction. reaction. So that was good. That was positive. Chelsea Green almost sold her spotlight, but hey, at least imagined it on an entertaining note. It was all right, but as you said. The theme music sucks, man. It's like the, that Casio keyboard and you hit the preset beat and you just say, pick a song, any song, up tempo, 45 beats a minute. And there you go. And there goes your theme songs. They need to work on that in WWE. If you got to hire back Jim Johnson, do something. If you got to hire back CFOs, do something because these songs, for the most part, suck. Well, they don't have like they don't have any words. They don't have nothing going on. Like, you just they just need to be distinguishable. They need to have something that just sets them apart. That gives them their own thing. At least like an an intro. Like when you hear the hair whip, you know it's it's Bianca Belair. Regardless of whatever would come next, you know you here she comes. She's about to whip somebody. Somebody about to get whipped. You know what I'm saying? God, that that is that is that is not. The right that is not for work on in, in Black History Month, huh? Especially with <laughs> Bianca Belair, that does not work. <laughs> they set me up with that one. Reparations are owed. Um, yeah, got me with that one, huh? Yeah, but yeah, you just got to have something distinguishable. Uh, no whipping, no whipping, no whipping. How dare you? God dang, it's just wrong. Absolutely. Wrong. May she whoop someone in Australia on Saturday to make up for that. As we get to... As long as it ain't Naomi. 
yes we cannot do black on black crime we no no we no we cannot do that do not do that bianca do do not because then we got beef you gonna whoop them whoop up on naomi do not do that no okay now tiffy yes Tiffy. tiffy can take a couple lashes yes she can yes reparations absolutely she can do that leave that alone as we get to a surprisingly heated match Involving the Judgment Day versus the Miz, R-Truth, and DIY, not DX, by the way. And this match was a lot of fun. And I got to say, R-Truth, at 52 years old, can still go. Dude did a corkscrew lie detector, and I was, like, stunned at the spin that he still has. He was over in this match. The fans wanted him to get the hot tag, and he did. Just took it to Judgment Day. They're rooting for him. Did his John Cena greatest hits. And then Damian Priest took him outside the heaven for the one, two, three. And they sit over Truth. Now, I will say that Truth's comedy with the Judgment Day has been very hit or miss. The interview he did with Jackie Redmond with the poncho on Monday, I wasn't really feeling the joke so much. But for whatever reason, the fans were all in. They love him. He's over. I don't know what the end game is. I will say this is kind of a lesser than version of Sami Zayn and the bloodline from a couple of years ago, because that was really compelling television. This is a little bit too campy for me. Not much layers or ethos or pathos to it or even meta that I can get into. But at some point, I have to think that Damien Priest will grow a heart and kind of feel bad for our truth. But it's not happening anytime soon. But like I said, the match was really good. Exceeded expectations in terms of the crowd reactions, but ultimately Priest wins heading into his tag team match against Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne in Australia alongside Finn Balor for the undisputed WWE tag team titles. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and let you know what the end game is. The end game is going to be awesome truth beating the Judgment Day for the WWE tag titles at WrestleMania. That's that's what the end game is going to be. And our truth getting those belts and and be, and, and be probably pinning JD McDonough, probably pinning him to win the titles, because um, I just can't imagine they would have Finn Balor lose to to our truth in the Miz. But uh, that that's what I see the the end game being is is uh, our truth and Miz the awesome truth reuniting and winning those tag titles at WrestleMania. But I mean this this is a a good way to utilize judgment day you know they can they can get some wins our truth and the miz in particular both of them can take the losses whenever they need to they can eat these losses and the crowd doesn't care um, as far as they're still going to be with them especially our truth who the crowd is firmly behind uh was getting chance before he even did anything just just him him being mentioned shown on the screen people like our oh, word let's get it our truth what's up I, I genuinely thought I was hearing them singing his theme song um, as he was coming out. So it's working as far as getting him over as, and, you know, then people caring and invested in the story. And if they do want to turn Damian Priest babyface, because he does still have that briefcase, but I can't imagine they would do that with him having that briefcase and with the option of him cashing in on somebody at WrestleMania as well. Time is ticking. I'm July's sick. July's coming up. That one year mark is coming. So he needs to make a decision very, very soon. We'll see what he does 
heading into the latter part of this money in the bank win for him, which has been good. He's been well protected. I think he's been the best protected money in the bank winner in a very long time. So the booking has not made that winner of that briefcase seem weak. He's been strong, thankfully, but it's about time for him to make that move. Where will he make that move to? We'll see. But clock's ticking. Got about four months to make a decision as to which champion he's going to be going after and cashing in on eventually. But all in all, really fun tag team match. Awesome truth winning the tag team titles at WrestleMania. You just want the Miz to win some gold, and I don't appreciate that. Hey, listen, man. I'm I'm just saying he's not beating Damian Priest in a one-on-one match. Like, they're not going to do that. He's there's no reason to have him versus Finn Balor. You know, Balor's not Balor's like he's whatever. He's cool with him. He's cool with him. If he's got to beat him up. He's cool with that too. So, but he knows he brings bread to the group. So he's like, I'm cool with that. So it's whatever with our truth. That's the only logical payoff that they could have. What I don't need to see. I don't need to see Baby DX win the titles. I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather I'd rather see Awesome Truth go ahead and have their moment and then lose them. The raw after to whoever they want. You did not call DIY baby DX. Oh, I love I love that our truth did that because I think it's spot on. That's exactly who they are, though. That's, that's exactly who they are. Just a work rate, just a, a a heavy work rate DX. More wholesome and less problematic. <laughs> P PG to the core. Yes. This PG basic DX. I did love how they said not Triple H, not Shawn Michaels. Just want to clarify that for the record. But yeah, we'll see. Just you just want to have Miz in the championship scene of WrestleMania, and I know your temperament. And I'm just, mm -hmm. I see what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I'm always gonna look out for my fellas. I'm always gonna look out for my crew. And uh, I think that is the that would be the one title that the Miz has not won at WrestleMania. No, he has, he has, he won it with Miz, with Big Show. Never mind, mm-hmm. he's th- I forgot he's done it all. Um, so oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's done it all. So you know what? Let's just do it again. Just do it again. No, no. In fact, now I am emphatic. No, let's not do it again. So let may he have a match at WrestleMania, not that match, but I digress. As we get to the talking segment involving the ladies involved in the women's elimination chamber match going down this Saturday in Perth, Australia, it was Becky Lynch. Then we had Liv Morgan come out. Then it was Tiffany Stratton. Then it was Bianca Belair. Then it was Naomi. Then it was Raquel Rodriguez. And they were talking about why they're going to win and face Rhea Ripley. But Raquel was the only one that made the point. But mm-hmm, maybe it might not be Rhea Ripley. It could be Nia Jax coming out here to win this match against Rhea Ripley. And that's who I could potentially face at WrestleMania. I think I'm uniquely equipped to beat her. I got the size. I got the advantage to do what needs to be done. And then Nia Jax proceeds to come out there and destroy everyone not a big fan of that segment because you made my girl Bianca look real weak. Was not here for that. Um, made Tiffany look weak. Made a lot of people in this setting look weak when they shouldn't be. So I think it's telegraphing the fact that Rhea's definitely going to win. That needs to happen. But it just made the six women feel so inferior to a woman that probably will not win at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I, it just doesn't make any sense um, unless you plan on having Bianca KOD Nia Jax at some point between now and WrestleMania. I just don't see the reason in it. Um, 
I get you want to, you needed to do something with Nia to make her seem powerful, but why not just have her come out and, and just destroy a tag team match? You know, have a tag team match later on in the show and just have her destroy them. Right? I mean, there's so many, especially we've already seen Nia earlier in the night. So I don't know. It, it it doesn't make sense. You're not building anybody up. Nobody gained anything as far as who's in the elimination chamber. Like, no, I don't even think think people remember Liv was even out there. You know, she she was just a body. She got she got leg dropped by Nia on the way out. Like she was just trying to get back in the ring, and she got laid out again. Like, un- completely unnecessary. Um, a lot of, I guess this is just the way, a lot of women's segments, but it's just like you had 20 women in every segment, you know? So Nia stood out. So now you you had you had arguably two of the biggest women in your company who essentially had an entire summer from WrestleMania to SummerSlam planned around them, and they were just random casualties thrown out there in Bianca, Bianca and Becky. Crazy. It's crazy. It made no sense. It made no sense. And just to have Bianca just get laid out that easily by Nia Jax, that offended me. Like, really? That's what we're doing. And then Becky, again, gets laid out by Nia Jax. It was a little bit heavy handed for me and it did not serve a purpose because nobody's going to get their lick back on her except maybe Becky, because if Becky beats Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, then most likely Nia Jax will challenge for the championship because she beat Becky at the top of the year on day one. And that will be the only match that makes sense for Backlash if they are planning that far ahead. Otherwise, nobody's going to get their lick back on Nia Jax anytime soon. So I thought that was a complete waste of time. But since we teased it earlier, as we talk about the six women inside of this match for Elimination Chamber, you predict that Tiffany Stratton is going to pin a former women's champion. If I say the name and I'm right, say yes. All right. Will she pin Bianca Belair? No. Hmm. Nah, I I don't think she gets that big of a pin, but I do think... uh... I do think it is going to be our other sister. I think Naomi takes an L to Tiffany. Possible. Very possible. And I know Becky's the heavy favorite to win. I'm still pulling for Liv to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Um, I'm still pulling for Liv to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I think Tiffany might mess around and pin Becky Lynch, too. Mm. I need the upset. There. I need the upset. I I would love for Liv to win. I don't know. I don't know. She did say that she was the last woman to pin Rhea. That is a fact. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I think that WWE is going to be tried and predict- trite and predictable, but I would love a surprise because the road to WrestleMania can be a little bit messy as we get to the home stretch, which is fine with me. But I sense that Tiffany will actually pin Bianca Belair. Just a mm. feeling. Just a feeling I have. They're teasing something. Their interactions recently intrigue me. Yeah, and, and Bianca's uh, dismissive and definitely you. Yeah, that, that could be very telling of Tiffany getting a pinfall over her. And I, 
that would be something for Tiffany to get that that pinfall, that visual pin of standing over my queen Bianca during the end of Black History Month. I, that that would, that would be something for me. I'm gonna tell you, it'd be something. I'm gonna be, be torn. I'm gonna be torn. Me too. It's gonna hurt my soul, but I can see that. And if they're trying to build to something at WrestleMania between the two, who's better to get Tiffany ready for prime time on the big stage? Than Bianca Belair. Why not? If it's not going to be Jade right now, and honestly, it shouldn't be because I don't want Jade losing, period. Point blank. That's why she's not in this match because she would lose, and that should not be the case. But if you're trying to establish Tiffany even via a loss of WrestleMania, then you do it against Bianca Belair, and I think they can put together a hell of a match. You're about to have Tiffany eliminate Bianca and Naomi in the same chamber match. (laughs) Because I think the Kabuki Warriors come out and distract Bianca at some point. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense. Then Tiffany comes off with the moon style. She eliminates her. Because uh, Jade, and, Jade and Bianca are probably teaming up to take those titles from the Kabuki Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's probably what's coming. Um, I fully expect to see Jade and Bianca holding Io and Kyrie up in a double suplex spot while they're flexing on one arm and they got the other two in the middle. I'm just saying the visuals there, they're strong enough to do it and that would be incredible. It would be incredible. I Oh, I love how you're thinking here. So that's another possibility too. And then we could slow burn Jade flipping on Bianca Belair. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Either idea works for me. So we're cooking something, which could be intriguing heading into the latter part of WrestleMania season as we get to Chad Gable versus Ivar. Another really good match. It seems as if they're trying to refocus Chadwick heading into WrestleMania because for months he wanted a shot against Gunther for the IC title. Daughter cried at ringside. We never got back to that. He was kind of like a missing guy in action for a bit. Came back, beat Ivar. The German suplex on Ivar. A very big man was insane, followed by a moonsault and then the ankle lock for the victory and i hope that they are actually trying to build up chadwick once again for him to face gunther for the ic title at wrestlemania for his daughter in philly so she'll cry happy tears when her daddy wins the big one and ends gunther streak because i think it's time for gunther to move on up to bigger championship aspirations heading into the latter part of the year I'm still holding out that uh, Big E uh, is the is the guy that's going to be for Gunther. But I I would like to see something a little different at WrestleMania this year as far as maybe have like a number one contenders match uh, for the IC title. And that way you can kind of showcase guys like a Chad Gable, uh, maybe an, uh, an Almas who's, who's still, you know, who had a nice uh, uh, vignette talking about, you know, what he wants to do and, and, and all this stuff. So maybe you can have a showcase type match like that. And then you can have the winner face whoever wins the IC title night at uh, raw after WrestleMania, you know, give it some purpose. And that way you can really showcase some guys. Cause I think Chad Gable, somebody who I don't want to see in a battle Royal or, or in a, in a tag match. I'd love to see him in some type of singles or a three way or four way fighting for something fighting for a purpose. I don't think he goes after the IC title. Cause I think, <laughs> It's got to be Sammy or somebody like that for Gun- Sammy or Big E. I still think Big E comes back, but you know, I, I just I want to see guys like Gable, maybe a Ricochet, somebody else get showcased the way they've been trying to lately. 
Yes. And those possibilities are all good. And you can go wrong with either one of those choices, which I love about this is WrestleMania. There are viable options. And that's why I kind of saw either rock like refined, dude. Look at the options here. Look at the possibilities with Chad and Big E and Ricochet possibly being in the mix for the IC title. And you want them in a prominent spot, not a random battle royal, which could be the SmackDown before WrestleMania via the Dre. So I just want them to be able to do something different. And I like the possibility of Big E if he is healthy to come back and just kill it. I would love that. And it's not too late. The, uh, New Day is still feuding with Imperium. And if Big E randomly returns on a Monday Night Raw, I would freak out. That would be a great moment. He's not around for nothing. So I do send something down the road for Big E if he's cleared, because that would truly be a great WrestleMania moment. That would be uh, that would be an all-timer. It would, be, it would set Big E off on a path, especially the story. Gunther would have plenty of, of, of momentum coming off of it. You know, losing to a guy like Big E would do nothing uh, as far as hurting Gunther. It would just kind of be like, well, that happened. Let's see what Gun- let's see what Gunther does and how long until Gunther decides to go after whoever next. Yeah, definitely. So I love the possibilities there. Love the buildup as we get to now the main event of Monday Night Raw, which was Gunther defending his IC championship against Jey Uso. Really good main event. Pat McAfee vibing with with Jey Uso's theme song is everything. But I laughed when Gunther spotted Pat McAfee doing the hands up, hands down motion, and Pat stopped because Gunther said, "Not on my watch." How dare you? Gunther's excellent. Everything, everything about him is just is just spot on. Because uh, because last week he saw him do it. And when he saw him do it, he kind of just smiled at him like, oh, this is cute. You think this is funny. Like, you think this is cool, right? Enjoy this. Enjoy this. Because like you said, this week he shut it down. He's like, nah. <laughs> we, 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 on, we on game time this week. We on my time. We, we, we here this week. So I, the vibe was different. Jay Uso, he's a vibe. When he mm-hmm. comes out, he's a whole vibe. The crowd's rocking with it. Um, hard-hitting match. Gunther is... He is everything you could want your champion to be as far as his presentation, the hard hits, the believability. Um, and when he like the, the promo he cut where he just talked about, let me re, let me allow me to reintroduce myself to you. You know, you talk about who you let me tell you who I am. I, I love the way he's just so calm. He's collected. But everything he says has meaning. It's real and has a purpose. Like he, he is literally the the epitome of what you can be as a professional wrestler. I I think he's incredible. He's just cool. Period. He's just cool vibes. He just engages the crowd every time he comes out there. They love him. And this turn has been brilliant in the last year or so. And this was a really good match. And it was physical. It was bruising. He took a lot of chops throughout, and he landed not one, not two. Not three. To quote Biggie, three ain't enough. I need five spears on Gunther 
to win this match. He was in position with the frog splash off the top rope. And then we hear the bell ring randomly while the referee's counting. And then there's a hooded figure. And it's Jimmy Uso, this villainous heel, comes out to screw his brother over. And Jay has some hope spots here and there. But ultimately, we have Gunther roll him up for the one, two, three leverage pin. And after the match is over, we have Jimmy super kick his brother, whoop his ass, let him know that I'm still the older brother here. That despite what you do, no matter what you try to do, no matter what championships you go for, I will always be there to stop you beat down Jay, get that heel heat to end the show. And we're back because listen, in new WWE, in terms of production, the angles are angling. And we saw in the backdrop, the WrestleMania 40 sign, and it is probably going to be Jimmy Uso versus Jay Uso one-on-one brother versus brother. Now we know historically speaking, if you're not Bret Hart, Owen Hart, that sibling rivalry, it might not land at all times, but I think this match will. And I've heard some, quite egregious stuff about Jimmy not being a good solo wrestler. Like, excuse me, let that guy cook. We've seen what he can do in the ring, but I will say that years ago, I thought that Jimmy was a more captivating of the two twins, but Jay in the last four years, he's that guy too. He has presence. He's charismatic. He's talented. The fans love him. And he's just so good. Jimmy's always had the personality, but now you get trying to slander his in-ring credibility. I don't think so. But I do think this match at WrestleMania between the two brothers could be special. And it will eventually open the door for them to heal and reunite when the time is right. Yeah, and it definitely won't be able to reach uh, Brett Owen, but it will absolutely surpass Matt and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Don't think they have to worry about that one. Um, I, I I think the match would be good. It'll be a, a good. It's a good match to open any show. I think that uh, you can really, especially getting the crowd, the vibe, and, and and just rock with Jay like that. Um, I think it's a great way to open a show. So I look forward to that. The match, like you said, the match was very good uh, between Jay and Gunther. I thought as far as false finishes go, I thought the bell ringing was perfectly timed because he was on his way down. It looked like he was just about to hit three. Uh, Gunther was in some serious trouble. Uh, five spears. Fourth one looked a little, whoa, but mm-hmm. the other yeah. three, yeah. <laughs> you know, the other, the other three were good, but that fourth one was like, well, you got, you did something. You did something there. Um, but, but the bell spot was very well done. As far as Jimmy doing that, and then you got the big reveal. And again, the crowd is still with it. The crowd was like, ah, we knew it was, but ah, you suck. Um, the match was good. Yeah, I, I look, Gunther is, like I said, Gunther's everything you you want a champion. I would have appreciated him to hit more of his, t- I would have liked, you know, a nice little three finisher combo like we've been getting, but the roll up was fine. Uh, it did protect Jay and who, doesn't really win when you really think about it. He doesn't win the big match, so this this protected him. But uh, him versus Jimmy will be a good opener for WrestleMania. Agreed. I'm still laughing. You saying spear number four? Mm, I saw that too. I said, was that a spear or a tackle? It was a lot of air between that it. move. He did it. <laughs> it was and, something. It knocked him down. It, mm, I I say that was a very soft tackle. It was not a spear. Mm-mm. He tried, though. He tried. But all in all, really fun main event to wrap up the show. And I'm all for the Brothers Usos opening up WrestleMania night one or two. I am down for that. And it is going to be a vibe. 
with Jay's entrance, especially. They're gonna love him. And him and Jim and him and Jimmy will surpass Matt and Jeff. And I will say that the final deletion matches in TNA, that was the best Hardy matches I've seen. In WWE, they all sucked. Yeah, 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 they did. They did. There's no way around it. They were they weren't good. And just keep it a buck. As we now get to NXT briefly from this past Tuesday, as we have brand new NXT tag team champions, the newly no longer free agent now on Friday night SmackDown on Fox for now is Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin becoming the new NXT tag team champions, defeating the mob, turning D'Angelo and Lorenzo. So, uh, or Channing Stacks Lorenzo in the main event. And all I got to say is that it was a really good match. Enjoyed it. Here for the title change. But the one thing I noticed during this match, and I tweeted this out, in two to three years, Tony D and Braun Breaker on the main roster will have a generational feud. Their work together in this match was really good. And Braun Breaker is exceptional, but Tony D was countering everything Braun did throughout this match. I said, I want them to cook in three to five years in a main roster feud, and it'll be generational. And that's all I saw was just potential greatness down the road with those two gentlemen. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, the Spirit Days definitely put a Put it into the mob. You will see pieces of stacks floating in the war- in the river, thrown overboard, <laughs> in the ships from Corbin. What? Um, <laughs> so there's that. But uh, no, it was, I think they're a great tag team. I don't know what the plan is for for Braun now that we know he's uh, moving on up. Uh, you know, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. He definitely ain't staying in the slums of NXT for much longer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he finally got a piece of pie. Listen, Baron Corbin, that, that Corbin probably cooked, listen, or baked. Oh. Um, <laughs> listen, Corbin, Corbin's fantastic. He seems to be having a ball. I feel like it's going to be Braun that turns on Corbin. I, no. like I, I just no. feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, this is cool. I'm going to enjoy their their run while we have it because I know it won't be around for long. No, I love them. Don't you do it, Braun. Don't do it. Don't you turn on Corbin. Now that I care about him, don't you do it. Don't. But yeah, um, as you said, he moved on up to that deluxe apartment in the sky. And we know that Corbin was frying on that grill. We know he did. And we're happy for Braun. We prayed for times like these. And I'm very glad that he's had this last run on NXT when the fans appreciate how great, how great Breaker is. And he's been amazing as of late, really in the pocket, getting ready for this main roster call up. And the Wolf Dogs has been a unexpected treat on NXT I love them so much as a tag team. I'm going to miss them when it's time to end it all. But I also have another um, Cheddar Biscuits announcement to make. Um, Here we go. I never thought that I would say this on this here air. Um, Baron Corbin will now also get unlimited Cheddar Biscuits. 
Well, I'm just going to let you know. He ain't need your cheddar biscuits because he was going to bake his own. He was baking and bringing his own cheddar biscuits regardless of what you was going to give him. So he was like, it's cool. I appreciate it. Save me a little time. But here's my own. Let's see which ones are better. I would eat his biscuits. Why not? That's what she said. Listen, <laughs> um, I, knew, I knew I was opening myself up. For that. I mean, like, listen, I, you know, I know I've been away on vacation, but I haven't been on vacation that long. Um, you know, we're, we're here. We're here. And uh, I'm, I'm absolutely here for Baron Corbin baking some biscuits because I'm like she said, I would eat I would eat his biscuits as well. <laughs> we're hour and 22 minutes, almost an hour and 23 minutes into the show. We have hit after hours here after dark in XG style. Oh, we don't would- get me started with a die jack and Casey rant. But we ain't gonna, we ain't, we're not going to get the squats and die jack in the, in the dark 50 shades room. We're not going to get to that. I don't want to talk about that. We'll save that for next week when we got some yes, time. Yes, we will. We, we will actually save that for after the elimination chamber because that was some stuff that we saw on NXT tonight as we prep for this episode. But yeah, I'm proud to say that myself and Scott will eat Baron Corbin's biscuits from from scratch a statement man i don't know how i feel being attached to that statement like that now that i heard it come out your mouth i don't know how i feel about that that's a hell of a statement right there we eat his biscuits from scratch i mean he is an yeah, exceptional no chef okay yeah, that, that's for sure that's for sure you know he would make me eat some more good beef and i don't eat beef like that but yeah I, I, we would eat his biscuits plain and simple it's not nasty, okay? No doubt. But um, we're going to get to to what the hell that was on Tuesday. But I will have to call out Joe Gacy right now. Not for what we're going to get into Sunday, most likely. But what he has been doing lately, okay? Joe Gacy, the wrestler, is really talented. Really good, actually. Whatever he's doing now... Is pure garbage, Basuro. It's awful. Dijak put that man in a straight jacket last week and whooped his ass, and he smiled every time he got kicked in the face. He no-sold everything. And when we get to what we got to get to on Sunday, for NXT last night, I can't. Yeah, I, you know, if you've seen Fifty Shades of Grey, just imagine that in the fair, imagine that in the main villain from the first season of American Horror Story. Just combine those two together with a straight jacket, and there you go. It's just, oh my god, it was so bad, really, really bad. We'll get to that later, but yeah, Joe Gacy character suck, sucks, plain and simple, just really, really bad. We'll get to that later this weekend as we get into our elimination chamber preview we previewed both chamber matches so scott who's walking out on the men's side oh the safe bet is drew mcintyre stories right there um not a fan of the safe bet so i'm gonna go with the uh i'm oh god i'll just go with the safe bet drew mcintyre okay i'm going with drew too that's my man going with it only option that makes sense to me why deviate from the plan the women's elimination chamber match. I got Becky. I don't sense the deviation, even though I would love to see Liv win, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sticking with my Liv pick. I've been rocking with Liv since she came back. I picked her for the Rumble. Didn't happen. I'm picking her for the elimination chamber. 
Um, Tiffany getting the upset win over Becky Lynch and that being her WrestleMania match would make a lot of sense. She could, you know, they can have a good match together. Liv versus Rhea, ultimate underdog versus the monster. Give me, give me, give me Be- Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley WrestleMania. Liv Morgan wins the Elimination Chamber. And both matches will deliver. I would say that right now off top for sure. But it's going to be a good one for sure. Also on tap, I think that Scott says no title change for the tag team scene as we got Damian Priest and Finn Balor defending those undisputed tag team titles against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. And basically they won't lose. Sorry, guys. I love you, but no. Yeah, Dunbate's not going to win this. Uh, I don't see a title change until Mike decides to win those with his buddy K. Quick at WrestleMania. I can't with you. K. Quick. To to bring up that man's name, 24 years years later, the audacity of you. How dare you? K. Quick. (sighs) Just say it, man. It's a, a classic. Yeah. It sure is a classic. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we have one more match, which I presume will be the main event. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax for the Women's World Championship. If Rhea does not lift up Nia Jax or a Riptide, I cannot, will not co-sign on this match. That has to be the finish in the main event under the lights in prime time in Australia as I get ready to go to bed before 8 o'clock a.m. Rhea Ripley wins uh, middle rope riptide, I think. Crazy. I think. I think Nia is going to be up there for the, for the, for the squash, uh, for, the, for the butt squat, and then I think Rhea is going to catch her and hit her with a middle rope riptide. I don't know if she, how much lift she's going to get on it, but she's going to get her up enough to throw her off the middle rope. One, two, three. She's going to, because she's going to scoop her up and do one in the middle of the ring. Kick out. Mm-hmm. Crowd's going to be going nuts. She's going to let out this primal scream. And, you know, they're going to be one, two. And Nia's going to kick out. And it's going to be like, oh my God, what do you do now? And then she's going to go to the top, hit the middle rope one. This has the potential to be the most heated women's match of the year. It won't be as good as I don't. I don't think they can. They can't reach the caliber of um, uh, Rhea and Charlotte. No, you can't reach that caliber. But I absolutely think they can get to a a Becky Bianca caliber. Yes. Um. I, you know, I think they can. They can put on a great match. I think Nia's. People can say what they want. I think Nia's been great since her return. I think she's yes. done exactly what she's needed to be. She's been a great monster for that division. And she's going to be somebody fantastic for Rhea to topple in front of her home crowd. Absolutely. I cannot really be shady towards Nia's return so far. It's been good. Her matches have been better and she's been impressive now. I don't know how she, I don't know why she wasn't able to lift up Piper at the Warrior Rumble, but Jade was able to lift her up with ease, but 
I will let that go. But I think that overall, Nia has been very good in her return to WWE. I think the fans can give her a bit more respect on the mic when she's talking because she is actually a pretty good talker. Don't want her so much. I wasn't a big fan of her fake crying last week towards Becky Lynch about, you know, making her family proud heading into her match against Rhea Ripley. But overall, I think that this could be a really good main event match. It will be heated. And of course, Rhea Ripley will win. She will be in a prime spot at WrestleMania against whoever wins the Elimination Chamber. And with that, this is a wrap for this week's wrap right here on the Fighting Media Network. So good to be back after two weeks off. We're back here, back in the groove of things in the heart of WrestleMania season. As always, I want to thank my co-captain Scott Young for joining me to deliver all the saltiness from the week that was in WWE as we get ready for the Elimination Chamber. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I wiped the herpes off my mouth like The Rock told me to do from SmackDown. (laughs) And I used the sea salt and I was sun-kissed by the sun so I feel healthy and ready to go. Uh, But yeah, this was was great. A lot of fun. Great to catch up with you. And uh, looking forward to... I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it won't be me in the morning. Won't be talking to you in the morning. <laughs> for, for, but I will be talking to you after the Elimination Chamber uh, this week and look forward to talking about that. Yes, we back Sunday morning to recap Elimination Chamber. I might be up at 5 a.m. on the Twitter machine or X, whatever you want to call it. I will probably be awake. It's four matches. If it's over before 8 a.m., I can catch some Z's. So if it's happening that way, I'll be up. I'll talk about it. And of course, Scott to catch up later on in the day and evening. And we'll come back together for the review for your listening pleasure early Sunday morning. And after that, we're back on schedule heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. Glad you tuned in on a Wednesday for this for this week's wrap on the Fike Media Network. Until Sunday morning for myself and for Scott Young. Enjoy Elimination Chamber and SmackDown, the Girl Home Show, this Friday on Fox. Until then, take care and bye-bye.